I have just launched a mastermind called The Circle of Influence, where I'll be taking you under my wing to show you how to build a platform online that generates an income for you so you can have more freedom in your life. I'm also gonna show you how to become a powerful influencer online so that you can score interviews and so you can get exposure on major publications and platforms. And I'm gonna even show you how to build these platforms yourself, such as a website, a podcast, a YouTube channel, and a social media following so that you can get your message out there to millions. I'm also going to show you how to network with other incredible leaders online so that you can interview them and so that you can collaborate with them and really show you how to refine your story so you can share it in an unforgettable way to score more interviews, to score book deals, and to gain more speaking opportunities so that you can become a powerhouse leader. Now, if this speaks to you, make sure you head over to I am Joel Brown com slash apply and get in before I close my doors on this live interactive exclusive opportunity where I'm going to go deep with you and with the community of Circle of Influence Game Changers. Don't miss this. Now let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with Apollonia Ponti. I've been following Apollonia's work for at least a year and a half now. She has an incredible YouTube channel where she shares dating and relationship advice specifically for men that are looking at attracting a beautiful woman in their life uh, and also coming from a healthy place too, you know, removing that toxic behavior and really coming from a place where there is no games that are played. And I just love the way that Apollonia teaches. She's a great uh, leader and she really knows what she's talking about. She's certified in dating and relationship coaching. So she's really about you getting results when it comes to dating and relationships. So Apollonia, I'm excited for you to jump in. Let's jam out on this. This is a huge topic that so many people I uh, have so many questions around, so let's dive into it. Yes, I'm always excited to talk about this stuff. Thank you for having me too, Joel. I really appreciate it. Beautiful. So before you dive into the strategies and the techniques and everything else, how did you get into the space of dating and relationships? Like, what was it for you that you're like, you know what, I think I, this is a place I want to now support people in? Yeah. So the story, short, short wind story I'll give you is... Um, Growing up, I was always attracted to love. I came from a divorced family, from parents that didn't really love each other, but argued a lot. And at the age of seven, um, I would always ask my mother questions about love. Like, why does love make people cry? Why does love make people happy? Like, it's supposed to be happy. In the Disney movies, when Cinderella gets her prince, she's happy. Like, why isn't it happening in the normal world? And mom always used to tell me, like, you were always were asking about love, marriage, dating, questions, relationships. When people got older, I even used to eavesdrop on my cousins and relationships on the phone because I was just so interested, not in like being a nosy child, but really about love. And till the early ages of middle school and high school, I would sneak in my room and watch and listen to Dr. Ruth and Dr. Drew until three o'clock in the morning, wake up till at 6 a.m., be so tired for school. And I was listening to the, her live radio, Dr. Ruth. I don't know if you know who Dr. Ruth is, but she's one of the top sex experts that leaded the industry for dating and relationships. So, and she's still out there. She's around 90 years old, but she's amazing what she does. So with that said, um, long-term, I got a very successful job of what I thought in private banking. And I was a VP for a bank at the age of 29, 30, making almost close to seven figures. And um, I was unfulfilled. 
And I would always do speeches about love and relationships, spirituality and things like that. And I found myself being unfulfilled. And one day I just said, I got to do something else. I got to do more. And that's what led me to my practice. And my purpose was to work with men. Um, my relationship with my father wasn't all that great. So long story short, I thought about it. And I said to myself, if I could have helped my father, of course I would, but people can only help themselves at the end of the day. And um, if I can help men not be that person that he was growing up with me growing up, then I've done my job and I've served my purpose. And that's my mission today is just to help men get clear. And there's so much that men need um, and so much help also too that men need as well in regards to this realm of personal development, relationships and love. And that's where I come in. Oh, I love that. Absolutely love it. I love that when you were younger, you used to listen to this stuff. I remember when I was seven years old, I had this book called Rare Air by Michael Jordan. And in the book, he talks about habits and, you know, his beliefs and his routines. And I just remember being so obsessed with this idea that you could improve your life, that there were answers in things and that if you applied those strategies or exercises that your life could change. Like I just had this oh, this like obsession with wanting to grow. And it sounds like you had the same thing at a young age too. I had such an obsession. Like it was, it was just not normal. Like a teacher told me it wasn't normal at one point. (laughs) (laughs) I failed in school because I was going through journaling out why my mother and and my mother and father were fighting and she found it and talked to my mom saying there, she wasn't a bad mother basically, but it was really my purpose. Like I was, this is what I was called for. I was journaling out. Why is mom fighting? Why is dad fighting? and failing in school because I was just so focused on other people's relationships. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. I used to take that rare Air Michael Jordan book to school. It used to get taken off me because I yeah. wouldn't do my schoolwork. How <laughs> funny is that? That's such an entrepreneurial thing too, right? Like not focus on school because you have like grander dreams of things that are outside the system. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Outside the four walls, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, All right. This is so good. I love this conversation. And, you know, I I know that a lot of entrepreneurs that I speak to, and I can definitely relate to this because this was me not that long ago, like I'd say a year ago, uh, where a lot of entrepreneurial men specifically uh, will be betraying themselves in relationships. I know everyone across the board can at times betray themselves in relationships. But when we talk about entrepreneurial men, what they do typically is they will put their worth in what they have and what they do rather than who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just remember being in relationships, just overextending all the time and also being mad at myself for doing it, but not knowing why I'm doing it unconsciously, just giving, 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 spending money, luxury trips, you know, the, the whole shebang, just really trying to impress the girl, realizing that the respect from the other side was being lost. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. let's talk into this because I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening right now, whether you're male or female to this. How do we really bring a remedy into this? Like, what's your process? Yeah. So I think that let's start with like why I think this happens just so we can kind of also adapt to the audience because I know they're going to have some aha moments, what, what I'm saying here. So a lot of men that are entrepreneurs and especially successful entrepreneurs have success in the life they know that they've worked hard to get that, right? And so what happens is when we work hard to get that, we're working, living, breathing this, right? And we put pure focus onto our business. And then when it's all said and done, we sit back and we're like, who can we enjoy this with? But yet we forget too, 
relationships, dating, love takes work. It takes experience. It's just like personal development, right? You've got to work on attracting the right partner. How do you work on that? You work on yourself. And then also too, we live in a status quo of an environment of men have to be the, the dominant source and they have to be able to put food on the table and be the breadwinners and, and, and have a, an established lifestyle and have all of this and be able to offer it to a woman, right? So then we're learned sometimes that behavior as well. And so what happens is I, we look at it once we get there and we're like, I have everything. So what's wrong with me now? Cause I don't have a girlfriend or I don't have a wife or I don't have um, a relationship that I want. Or there's a lot of successful men that will come to me and say, Apollonia, like, I don't have a problem with getting women, but it's about getting the right woman, right? So like, how do I do so? How, what am I doing wrong? And a lot of times when we are in that predicament in the entrepreneurship and we have drive or we're really settled in our life, what happens is we get into what I call the prove mentality. The prove mentality is like, I'm going to prove my worth because as entrepreneurs, when we started, we had to prove ourselves really, right? Prove ourselves to our audience, prove ourselves to be relatable in so many different aspects. And then we think the same thing has to happen in our relationships. Mm. And then what happens is we get to a point where we're like, oh my gosh, this woman is beautiful. She's this 10, she's this model, she's this great, this great being or whatever we may think, right? And what we don't understand in men or women are differently. Women are attracted to men because of how they make us feel, because of how we operate in the brain. Men are attracted to women, typically the first, that's where the saying love at first sight came from, from the prefrontal cortex, right? How attractive is she? What does she look like? Okay, then after that, how's the conversations that he has, she has? What does she, you know, how does she brand herself? Whatever the case may be. And then we start implementing the story versus reality, which I call it. And we talk about the story. Like she would be so amazing if, or this relationship with this girl, and we start getting attached to the future outcome, which is an illusion. And we don't stay present in our reality of how we can show up for this woman. So if we don't stay present, then we start getting into the prove mentality because we're chasing the story. And then we start idolizing or putting her on a pedestal, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. You're cracking the code right now. So it's funny because I think men are very much visual creatures, right? And we start making up an idea of what we think it's going to be before a woman does. Because I think for a woman, and and tell me if I'm wrong in saying this, a woman wants to feel safe. So she's almost kind of like testing the waters a bit. She's not coming to a decision too early. Yeah. Like she's trying to gauge the situation a bit more. Whereas a guy doesn't have to worry about safety as such and is like diving more into the idea of what it, what it could be. Yep. 100%. You know, that's the, the, the number one thing that women or attraction meter that women get attracted to is a man stability, emotional control, right? Emotional control within himself and his life, which also thrives from security. How is this man going to be secure? I mean, men are typically stronger than women, right? So our number one thing is we want to feel protected. We want to feel like the partner that we choose is secure, not only in, oh, I'm going to stand up for her if a guy stands up and I can fight. It's not that type of security all the time. We sometimes don't even need that. It's more of mental security, emotional security, stability in that aspect as well. Well, I like this. So what's your (laughs) thoughts on hypergamy? Let's go there because this is something that I've been talking about with my friends lately that are entrepreneurs. You know, you have women that are called at times gold diggers. Uh, You have men that will put just their worth in 
the material and like flaunt that and, and to attract women? Like what's your thoughts around hypergamy? Um, okay. So I do believe like, okay. So for example, I do re- believe in a certain type of class, right? So um, here's the thing is people have a right to be attracted to what they want to be attracted to, right? So let's just say I'm a woman and I make a billion dollars a year, right? I might not want a guy that makes $50,000 a year. I might want a guy that I can also have that doesn't make that billion dollars but is very successful in his life too, right? So I do think that it depends on what type of lifestyle that you want, number one, and also to where people are at life. Like we can't judge because somebody is after money, right? Or somebody is after a certain type of class in life, but also too, it comes down to the standards, right? What I call the internal compass. What is it that you want? And typically I think with a woman, a woman looks for security sometimes in in the realm of money. And sometimes this would come from past trauma, family, relationships, where she's like, I saw my father and mother struggle my whole life. I have friends like this, and they'll openly admit, I will never settle down with a guy that doesn't have his money together. Right? And I think that it is, it's okay in, in terms of being realistic, in terms of, okay, I have standards, but I also meet standards within the man that I'm dating. So that's why it's important that if you are asking for certain things, you also know what the standards of that man is as a woman. You know, I think that's also too where a man can also feel like he's being heard and he feels closer and connected to a woman when a woman can also ask and offer up, what is it that you need from me in return? Right. Yeah. Because, Because that does happen. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. This is great. And, and I like the fact that you defined it where you said it's got to be that if you want these things, it's like you've got to be meeting that with your standards too. It's like a, I can't expect, if I write down in my vision of a standards that I require within the, my romantic partner, but I'm not meeting that myself and matching that frequency, then I can't expect to get it, right? Yeah. 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 And also too, like, you know, and I talk about the victim mentality a lot. There's a lot of men that will that will lead with their private jets, right? They'll lead with their money and they'll lead with that and they market themselves as money. So if you're marketing yourself as money, you have the responsibility to put women through a strainer if you're wanting someone that is not attracted to you for the money, right? And sometimes that can be really hard for men because their beautiful women are out there, you know? And I think it's about really kind of getting to know the woman before we actually pay for something, before we offer up something. Like, what is she expecting? What is her long-term goal? What is her long-term goals? What is her purpose in life? And kind of having those conversations and connection first before we offer to be like, okay, let's go here. Let's go there. Let me spoil you here. Let me buy you this purse, right? Where everything is in the natural pace of attraction and the foundation is pace. No matter who you are, where you're from, it's all about pace in regards to attraction. Yes. And, you know, I've been there before. I told you at the start of this that I've done this. I've betrayed myself. I've, I've extended, overextended so much, right, that it, it dropped in value from the other side. And, yeah. and I couldn't quite get it because logically I'm thinking, like, these are the things that women like. And when I would talk with my female friends and ask for advice, Honestly, Apollonia, a lot of of my female friends were coming from a place of emotion, giving me advice, and I'm trying to translate it logically in my head. And then 
when I have like <laughs> men that share advice to women, I'm hearing women say that doesn't make sense. It's because they're logically saying they're trying to translate it em- emotionally. It's like we're two very different creatures. It's crazy. Right, exactly. And I think that's why I've been so successful with my practice is because I understand the two, right? I know, yeah. like, for example, my guy friends, I know when I'm giving them advice as a coach, and I know when I'm giving them advice as a friend. And so like, one of those things is also too understanding that I think a lot of women do give great advice, but then a lot of women do give advice off of what they've experienced in life. You know, a lot of times that can happen, especially in dating relationships and with men. Um, and I think, you know, leading with money also shows that there's deeper work that has to be done when we lead with money, right? Because we live in a world where it's very sometimes superficial in some ways, right? In a lot of ways, unfortunately. But if everything was to be gone, none of that stuff was to matter. Yeah. So at the end of the day, what are we bringing to the table? And it's about doing that extra internal work and asking yourself, why am I leading with money instead of just understanding who I am as a man? I bring a lot to the table because she was attracted to me in the first place. So that was enough. Yeah. Amen to that. Just before we wrap up this conversation around hypergamy, um, have you ever heard of the hypergamy tree? No, I haven't. Okay. So it's an analogy, right? To describe basically the process of what it, what it means to, to choose a partner through hypergamy. Now, what you have is you have the tree, right? So at the top is the bush and then you have the tree trunk and then you have the roots. Mm-hmm. And it essentially goes like this. The top 10% of men are like right at the top of the tree, right? Right at the tip. And they're usually people that are crushing across the, across the board in many areas of their life. Now, you have the, the bush of the tree, which they say is like 30% of men are in that space. And then you have uh, the tree trunk, which is a below average type of man that performs like under, underperforms in many areas of his life. And then the, the roots at the bottom is basically like basically homeless, right? Like n- not much to provide in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so what they say is women will usually date up and men will date down. Mm-hmm. And okay. women date up in a sense that they're looking for something there that that man has that could offer protection, uh, provision, you know, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And it sounds funny because it's like kind of sounds evil by nature, but it's primitive within us, instinctual no, for us to be able to sure. survive and carry on, right? For and some sure, people may yeah. think it sounds controversial, but this is like, you know, how we're breaking it down. And to me, it makes a lot of sense. So there's three things that determines how high up the tree a man is. The first one is wealth. But this doesn't mean the man has to be a billionaire per se. If he has billions, maybe that helps a bit more, right? Mm-hmm. But it means that he's able to provide and protect, mm-hmm. right? That there will, the woman will always be provided for, the children will always be able to be fed, right? The second one is health. So for a man, it doesn't mean they have to be massive and pumped up full of muscles, but at least physically fit and looks after their health so that they're not going to pass away at like 40 years old or so and leave the woman to fend for her life to protect the kids. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is social status. Mm -hmm. So a woman will often see and notice if a man has uh, a network of people that he can tap into to always have a solution if there's ever a problem that arises or, uh, other men respect him for who he is as well. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say to that? Because those three things there, if you think about it, there's something that's required to be able to achieve those three things. At mm-hmm. the top of it all, it's mental strength. Mental strength. A woman purpose, will like, notice if a man has mental strength or not. Mm-hmm. And that's, emotion, that's what I say is like, 
Mental strength, I also think, is something that is a learned behavior as you go through life, right? And that's why I say a lot about emotional control and being on your purpose. I definitely 100% think like this. I've actually talked like this, and I've talked about something similar, not the hypergamy tree, but like something very similar as to the why and bring it, brought it down to the ancient days, we will call them. Yeah. <laughs> but with that said, it's very true. But here's the thing and what I have to say about that is um, I do think men will quote unquote date down at times, but not in the world that we're living in today, right? There's a, there's a period for the women viewers, I'm sure that listen, um, women are stepping up. Women are becoming, becoming very successful as well, Right. But what holds a tie to a very independent woman is a man that has that emotional, the social status, what we call it here in the tree, but that emotional control, right? Because a lot of times emotional control doesn't, is not understand in the masculine world because we're not teaching men about vulnerability in the right way. And what we're doing is we're masking vulnerability with don't show feelings so men then don't emotionally connect to a woman. So then they have trouble, but they're like, I have all this money. And then they're just like, what am I doing wrong? I'm giving you everything. I'm giving, giving, giving. But the woman's like, I don't want your money. I need to feel validated. I need to feel value in the relationship. So then he's like, but you have all this money. You're independent. Well, you all do do all these things. So we're, we're facing a new world too, you know? I do think men are attracted to that, but I think that when we talk about vulnerability with men, it's very important that all the men viewers, all the men listeners understand that vulnerability makes you closer to your woman. And it's about how we show vulnerability. And I break it down like this. Vulnerability is to be shared, to be informative, no matter who you are, to be informative about why this particular subject may have hurt you, and then placing a boundary, a standard, or something in regards to that, and what you thought this could be right? Or what you thought would be better for you, right? So that is number one. The wrong way of going about vulnerability is if we're showing it at your expense or someone else's expense. Like, why did you do this to me? You hurt my feelings and you did this and it's me, me, me. It's victim, victim, victim. Instead, I'm so upset that you did this to me. This really hurt my feelings. This is not the type of woman that I thought you would be because I really really stand up for trust and integrity. And this is not what you showed me. There's a completely different two, the difference between two of them. And the second one being informative shows that status quo also in some lines, right? Shows that wealth aspect besides money, wealth in yourself, right? The wealth that you carry within yourself, you lead your self-worth. Wealth is also equal to self-worth, how a man carries himself. I'll be honest, my fiance, there is no way that I will break his values because I know that man stands, has so much values and self-worth for himself. No matter how much he loves me, he will not let me get away with that stuff. Right. <laughs> and, yes. and it's so healthy in relationships as well and dating with women, no matter who they are. That's attractive though, right? Like super so attractive. attractive for a woman. Yeah. It's so attractive for a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were just saying, you know, vulnerability. And I often say that vulnerability is self-respect right? It's compassion and it's also self-acceptance. Yes. Sometimes people on social media, I've talked about it before where that will, it, I call it like, it, it's like vulnerable manipulation where it's like, I'm acting vulnerable in a way to get this emotional reaction instead of coming from a place mm. of like, I'm actually accepting who I am. I'm not it's, using it for anything else. I love so that I, you said that. Yes. 
yeah, you probably see it, right? Like people are like, I'm I so see it so much right in my right community. Want, yeah, yeah. Like it's funny because sometimes you have people that will go on social media and they'll be bawling their eyes out in the middle of their breakdown and they're like, oh, this is what's happening. It's like that. I get that you're going through it. Go through it and then talk about it after socially instead of using it in a way that gets the attention because it's not, that's, then it's not true vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, too, it's masking something, right? Um, yeah. And that's why I'm so, I'm, I'm so driven in my field of dating and relationship coaching for men because of the fact that there's a lot of information out there that is teaching men to just put the blanket on it, right? And I know you saw a lot of my videos. Like, I do a lot of deeper stuff than that. I don't think that men put the, should put the blanket on healing or whatever it is, your self-worth, self-integrity, because what happens is women are very energetic. We might not know why we don't feel connected to you. We, not, might, we might not know, and so are men, but I'm just saying in regards to attraction and choosing the partner, we're very energetic. And we might say things like, I just don't know what it is, but there's something that's off about him, or I just don't feel connected to him. And that's why I say in a lot of my videos, it's about really getting okay with your own oneness, like being true with your own oneness, being okay with who you are as a man, and then going out there and dating and experiencing as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What do you feel is the biggest struggle for men? Because you you coach a lot of men, right? What is the the number one thing that they come to you for? Oh, goodness. Um, If you were to narrow it down, or even like the top two things. Yeah. So... And it always leads into personal development, to be honest. It leads into life coaching, right? Of course. Um, and number one is when they don't connect with their woman emotionally, right? Number one is like, she's like, I need space. I need time. I don't know what I need. When then they're like, Apollonia, what does this even mean? What does this mean when she says she needs space? Like, I'm doing everything. I'm just showing up and now I'm ma- making changes, but the changes are too little, too late sometimes, right? And so then they get into the flight or fright mode. I did talk about a lot of my videos is like, they get into that. I'm going to fix, 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 fix mentality. She's like, stop. Right. Is that, is that the anxious attachment style that's coming up? Yes. Ancient attachment style that would be coming up. Right. Typically yep. that happens to a lot of men when they have the avoidant attachment styles. And then the woman tries and tries and then finally she leaves. And then we get into anxious. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So um, that does happen. So the space breakups, things like that. Number one, I think breakup is the leading, leading cause. Le- breakups, well, love and loss is the leading, um, I think, leading result to finding oneself, right? And personal development and really going and turning within. Um, and then number two is Apollonia. I'm a successful man, but I can't find the right woman. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I would have so much money, more money in the bank. (laughs) But those are the two things. Yeah. And you'd be quite a happy person sitting there in quarantine right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already happy. It's come back full throttle. But here's the thing, Joel, it's like, you know, I, I I just want to be very vulnerable and honest in the practice of what I do this because you know, even though I've, I've coached internationally, I coach all over the world, India, Dubai, I've toured, I've been on TV, I've done it all. And none of that stuff really phases me. What really makes me continue to be so genuine, I think, because that's a lot of, that's like what I hear a lot about with my clients is like, you just have this natural ability to just like open up and feel like I can be heard. And one of the biggest things for me that sticks out and I get emotional and I actually talked about it in one of my, um, my thank you videos was the leading cause of men um, 
in relationships and love is they turn to suicide. And I've had so many clients that have actually came to me before they were thinking about committing suicide, right? Um, and had the thought and were able to turn within and do the self-growth, listen to my videos, do whatever it is, and been able to turn that around. Um, and one thing is not being stated in today's world is that the leading cause of suicide is from the male. You know, like a lot of men are the ones that are committing suicide, number one. And there's a reason for that. And that's why as a feminine woman, I'm stepping into this space because they need to be heard. That's number one. Number two is a lot of reasons why men are causing suicide is because of love and relationships. And it's, I have, I'm a big believer that we have a responsibility as women, as men, whatever, is to support men and understanding relationships and dating because also too, that helps women get what they want from men in a whole, you know, wholeness aspect. And, 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 and it really is so important to me. This resonates so much with me. I don't know if you saw the post that I put up on my Instagram the other day, but I found out a, a few days ago that one of my old friends uh, committed suicide, right? Oh, no. And he did it a couple months ago. And I checked his, as soon as I found out, I checked his uh, message. Uh, I clicked the message button and saw that he had messaged me six months back, but I hadn't responded to him because I thought to myself, like, oh, I'll get around to it. And I started, you know, going into beating myself up like, man, I just wish that I spoke to him and he could have been reaching out. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I then moved past that and I looked at the inspiration of, man, this is why I feel I really need to step in and support more in this space because he was betraying himself. You know, if he was looking for the love that he wanted in someone else, it meant that it wasn't found within him right this self-love this conversation of self-love is so important and and it just like it made me so sad to think like wow like he did it and you know he's a pretty strong character and i thought like wow how many other people out there are doing this too yeah and i see it so much you know i'm not saying like i'm going to help you with your suicidal thoughts there's obviously there's yeah. therapists and things like that but it's that makes me i mean it makes me get back to reality i could become emotional every time i hear stuff like that because it's like I see it every single day, you know, and I see how much impact that I'm making for men that have those suicidal thoughts. And the leading cause of suicide is because of love and relationships. And, and it's because we're externally linking our happiness onto someone else. So we lose control because someone else has control of our lives. Yep. And that's the motto behind everything I teach, even to the comes down to the basics of attraction, you know? Yeah, I like the way that you teach Apollonia as well, because you teach how to come into it healthy and whether it lasts or not, because you've come into it healthy and you've maintained that sense of uh, alignment, self-respect and, and not betraying yourself that like, even if it ends, you're still intact, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yes. I love that. I love it. It's such a healthy way of having relationships and dating too. Yeah. I tell you how many guys that I speak to that just are really suck at dating, <laughs> really suck at dating. You know, they, they get really needy very quickly. Uh, yeah. and, and it's funny because I, I realized early on for me that I couldn't treat dating or relationships like my business because yeah. if something wasn't working, I'd jump in and do everything it took to fix, to fix it. it. Yeah. Whereas like this idea of, Hey, let the woman have the space, let the woman do what she needs to do and she'll come to you. I just couldn't get my head around that until it got to a point where I felt so much pain over years of dating. I was like, you know what? 
what I've been trying doesn't work. I'm just going to let it come to me. And it worked. And I was like, wow, is this what it is? It's, it sounds too easy and simple. Yeah. And, and, and this whole sense of control that people are trying to have over their, their outcomes all the time. Yeah. This is what really like slows us down and, and leads us to heartbreak as well. So mm-hmm. I like that you're touching on this. Yeah. The part of the feminine essence too is to receive, right? But it's also to, to give and initiate, right? So like, you know, I'm a big believer that when a man is attracted, he will probably make the first move and also implement the date, right? But there's such value, and I know you've seen this, and taking a step back after you implement and letting the woman come, for, come to you a little bit because there's an opportunity, right? Now she sees you of value because women, no matter what, do want to work for you a little bit. Because at the end of the day, and if we don't work for you, then there's no value in it, right? So it's kind of like, what is the difference between him and any other guys out there? Same for a guy and a woman. If you don't, if, a, if the woman you don't have to work for that's in front of you, you sometimes don't really want that woman because it's like, it's too easy, right? But, and then we can look at this and be like, this is games. And this is when we don't have a good relationship with reality, because it's human psychology, right? And I break it down in two things when people tell me this. Number one is your picture, your best friend, your best friend. Was he your best friend on the first day? No, you had to get to know him. You have to understand his values. You have to understand if he can trust him, how he showed up. If you got your humor, who knows? Then he became your best friend, right? Then let's picture a Ferrari or CRV. Which one do you want more? Probably the Ferrari because the CRV everybody has, right? It's basic human psychology. So we only understand the concept when it comes to dating and how attraction works. Then we start getting good with not only women, but people in general. So women and men, men and women, when it comes to dating, because we also want to feel that we worked for something of value and how we showcase that is by pacing. That's why I can say to the boom blue in the face, pacing is the ultimate foundation of attraction. Oh, yeah, because it leaves a little bit of mystery, right? Without playing games, there's just that little bit of mystery. The woman's like, oh, I wonder what he's up to today. And, and, and then for the man, he's practicing like not being so uh, irrational and super impulsive and just like controlling because we obviously have a lot of sexual urges and we have this drive where we just want to like pounce. Mm-hmm. One of my friends was saying that, uh, that basically men are like dogs and women are like cats. Yeah. Like dogs are like, go, 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 like go for it. They want to just like get in there. Whereas yeah. women, you know, like if you look, look at it as like a, a cat, right? This is just obviously an analogy. Hope this isn't triggering anyone. <laughs> no, but, it's, but, but dogs are very masculine and cats are very feminine. There you go, right? Yeah. So, so like imagine chasing after a cat. The cat's going to turn around and hiss at you and be like, go away. Yep. And a cat likes to go do its thing. It, it really values that freedom. But then when it's time to get affection, the cat comes up, jumps up on the couch next to you. It's ready to, to be there because it's chosen to be there. Mm-hmm. And that concept to me just changed the game for me because I realized, like, oh, <laughs> my urges and everything isn't the thing that's going to like fix it. I have to be conscious of yes. it and aware. And then just like really gauge the scape, like have that emotional intelligence, right? Yes. Emotional intelligence is huge. And here's the thing as a lot of men then ask, like, how do I do this? Like, because women do want you to reach out to them. Women do want attention. We love attention, especially from the man that we like, but we, and I always say, okay, picture it like this. I always, I love giving me my, my metaphors and <laughs> the visuals and things like that, yeah. but picture it like a heartbeat, right? When you are, have no heartbeat, you're flatlining. But when you are living, you have the up and down effects, right? So you, that's how you're going to 
continue the relationship with a woman in, their, in your attraction, right? Because a lot of men will be like, okay, I set the date. I've reached out, reached out to her twice, but she's only reached out to me for one, one time. And I'm going to wait two weeks until I talk to her. But it doesn't work like that. Because what we don't want to do is talk all day, every day, text all day, every day, a light chicken at night. Hey, sweetheart, we're just thinking about you. Hope you had a great day. I'm going to bed now. That's it. Or just one opportunity to get to know each other. If it's through Instagram, if it's through dating apps, whatever it is, you still check in with each other every once in a while. And the girl will initiate if she's interested as well. And you continue to have that conversation, but you metrics it out, we should say, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a good breakdown. I like that. I like that a lot. The analogy of the heart beating. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. One of my friends uh, came to me and he said he was struggling and he, it was great because he accepted and owned the fact that he was being needy in the relationship. He's dating this girl is a girl of his dreams. They're together for a few months. And then he said, he's like, man, I, I'm not very proud of the way I'm showing up. I'm getting very needy and I keep messaging her. I'm scared when she's away. And she's saying like, this is turning me off, right? It's mm. unattractive. And, it, and he's like, I just don't know how to navigate it. So I broke down this analogy for him, right? And I said, yeah. look, let's take it back to the caveman days. Let's <laughs> imagine that the women are in the cave. They're, you know, cooking and chatting and having that connection time, that whole beautiful feminine space that, that they're in. And, and then, you know, the men are out there hunting, right? They're together with the boys. They're out doing their thing. They're getting that provision to bring back to the, the tribe. And I said, you're like the caveman that didn't go with the boys on the mission. You're standing by the entrance of the cave and you keep leaning in going, hey, hey, like waving, like wanting that attention and just standing there. And she's in the cave going, why the hell is he not out there hunting <laughs> and providing for us all? Like, and when I told him that, he's just like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and after that, he shifted because it, it was just like, it just made it so plain and simple the fact that he's not on his mission. When you yeah. have your mission, it's, and that's sexy to a woman because she's like, all right, he's about it. He's out there providing. He's, he's out there. He values himself enough to not think that all the values in me. And he, he's like ready to bring back, you know, the prize. So mm -hmm. and I, think that's I think that's changing too. Like I said, in our day and age, and I always talk about this. It's so our roles are so responsible. Like we're so responsible for like our roles as women and men, right? Because we have the feminist movement. We have the Me Too movement. Then there's something in the men's world that's called the red pill. It's like this crazy thing that is going on, which is separation, yeah. right? And that's yeah. not what we're supposed to do. Because what's happening is there's a lot of women that are feminists, including myself, but then there's feminazis, right? Like where it's like, I don't need a man. No, no, no. A true feminine woman understands the essence of a man, right? The responsibilities, the role he plays, how he can show up and is appreciative of that. What we would call, quote unquote, a man we call the wife material, right? Is prepared to be a wife kind of thing is how you prepare yourself to be a wife. So one of the biggest things too, in regards to what you said is I think that we got to under remember, right? We got to remember something that's so logical that we forget about this too. And we bring our back to reality instead of separation is if we were to get called to war, the first people that are called to war are men, not women, right? If someone yeah. was to break into your house, who's the first one that goes and leaves the bed and goes and protects the family? The right. man, it's expected yeah. to, right? So we need as women to also value that and remember that because a lot of times when we go into arguments with men, what women have been really good at doing is emasculating men. And there's a huge responsibility that we can play as women in not doing so because that is the worst thing possible that you can do to a man. And I'm a true believer in that. 
is because when yeah. you go after his quote unquote manhood, then you go after his integrity for himself. And that's not the way to argue in relationships. And then also too, when you're talking about your friend, what he did is he already classified her as the woman of his dreams. Yeah, he pedestaled her. Exactly. And that's where we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah, yeah. We gotta see I, ourselves I like, as equals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I like that you uh, broke down this whole, like the conversation around the feminist uh, movement and uh, toxic feminism as well. There's a big difference, obviously. I know like I was reading up on this and the, the feminist movement when it started actually came from a very pure place. Pure, and obviously yes. it has changed over time, right? Uh, the way that it started from my understanding was that, you know, back in World War II, the men were out fighting in battle and the women obviously were at homes there with the kids and they were, a lot of them were asked to actually go to the factories to help manufacture and produce. And so they went in and did that hard work, right? Mm -hmm. and, and like industrial based work. And then, you know, the men came home and it was almost like the shift had started to, be to begin where a woman realized that she also too can do this and that she got used to that too. So it kind of, it started playing with the polarities a bit and apparently yes. a lot of issues came out of it around that time. And then we've been carrying that ever since of like, how do we navigate this? How do we make sure that the the polarity is still there in a healthy way. And, you know, I'm all for, we have a lot of female entrepreneurs that are rising up. And I remember I was speaking at an event in San Diego and there were 13 speakers that were speaking on the stage. I was one of them. And uh, someone that I was with at the time, she was very much into like, you know, go to fight for your right and so on. Right. And, and she said, this, this is BS. And I said, well, why is it BS? And she said, because, you know, there's 12 men, uh, 11 men and two females. And I said, okay, we could look at this in two ways. What does that mean to you? Yeah. And she looked at it and she's like, it's unfair. And I said, I'm going to tell you this. If I was a woman, I would be absolutely crushing right now. Like your level of entry, like there's such a great opportunity for you to step in because I know the promoters of the event were asking, do you have any female speakers that could speak on these certain topics? And it was tough for me to try and find it. I was reaching into my network. And, and so like, I looked at it like, wow, what an amazing opportunity. And I feel like a lot of women are getting that now and are jumping on and really stepping up as leaders. And I think it's such a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, 100%. I love that you said that because it's about like, everybody's perspective is different. And it's about what is your reality? Your reality is your perspective in life, right? Um, and yeah, she probably saw that there was a lot of men, but we can also look at that as an opportunity. I mean, look at the space that I'm in it's almost all men. I think there's only one or two women that do what I do. And in order for me to do what I do, I had to kind of look at this and say, they need women, you know, they need this and step into that space and just say, I'm going to do this. Right. And, and I just never looked back after that. So yeah, there is a huge polarity that we're just dealing with, I think as men and women. Um, but I think the essence in that is just really understanding who you are as a woman um, because there's so many successful women out there that want a genuine man, right? And there's so many successful men out there that want a genuine woman. So then I lead and I ask myself, why is it that some of those people are not finding each other? And I think it's because of two reasons. Number one is because we can't set expectations when dating. Dating people is also meant for us to turn the mirror on ourselves and to look within to fix something to prepare us for something better. Number one. Mm, yes, Number two. <laughs> number it. two is because of the fact that 
I think with this is we've got to look at this as a conscious level, right? Dating and relationships and finding someone always doesn't leave with the expectation, like I said, and number one, it's getting to, to be with someone, but also understanding what you want from your partner, right? And you don't understand what you want until you actually been through it, right? So it's kind of like, we can't leave with expectations that we really like this person, we're going to spend eternity and a lifetime with them, then we just tackle expectations on each other, you know, and we got to just really show up one day at a time. And really figure out what does this woman believe in? What does this man believe in? What are their goals? Where are they going to see themselves in 10 years? How do they feel about how a man shows up in a relationship? And how does she feel about, how does he feel about how a woman shows up in a relationship, right? Because there's some men that do want a woman to be very nurturing towards them because this is their beliefs, their religion, their culture, whatever the case may be. So those conversations are very, very important. Yeah. I, I live by a big belief that I'm responsible for healing my own wounds. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I talk a lot with my students about this radical ownership. You know, you can come out of a relationship and say, well, that person was this and that and call them all sorts of names. Or you can say, you know what? I chose to be in that. Yep. And victim mentality. And I also, yeah, exactly. Right. And I, and I also projected this, this, and this into the space. And this is what now I get to change and transform. Yep. I 100% agree. You know, I'm a living, I think I like to pat myself on the back, like I'm a living, living, breathing human about not being a victim in life. You know, like, I came from a father that was highly narcissistic till this day, very manipulative. And, um, you know, if maybe if he had love as a child, he would have turned out differently, but it was not ever my job to save him, right? Growing up in relationships, I had really toxic relationships as a woman. I was in a physically abusive relationship in my 20s where I almost died, you know, at one point, right? So, and look what I do for a living. I help men, right? I've forgiven that person. I've forgiven so many people. I'm not a victim. I went through this. This was my story so I can be better prepared for men that have these challenges in life. Yeah. Oh, it's so powerful. I love hearing that, Apollonia. Thank you. Forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. Yes. Powerful stuff. Uh, real quick, we're in quarantine right now. You know, most of most of the countries in the, around the world are on lockdown right now, and it's so funny because I it took me a week to get out of Morocco. Right? I was in I Marrakesh, and I got I, stuck. I heard about crazy, that. Right? I yeah. saw your story, and I think I messaged yeah, yeah. you about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was on the plane, and as I was coming back from London, uh, heading to Abu Dhabi, there's a guy sitting next to me. He had to leave London, and he it's like this moment of realization. He's like, "Oh my god, I just realized." I'm not going to see my girl for, I don't know how long she's in France. I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. He's like, I'm not going to have any sex for like two weeks or maybe four weeks. <laughs> and then I was laughing that's and then man. I thought to myself, I'm, so like, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not going to date anyone for a little bit. Everyone's <laughs> going to be scared of interacting with each other. <laughs> right. And then I thought to myself, what about like people that have never had long distance that now have to have long distance? Cause usually it's like, I get to do this. This is like, I have to have long distance. And or they're couples that don't like to spend a lot of time together. Now they're forced to be together. So yeah. how do we navigate through this time? It's just like two or three like quick lines of advice that you would okay, say. Okay, I'm like, going to do it for different people in different spectrums because okay, this cool. is a very popular question <laughs> right now. Single men that don't, aren't dating, right? Like they don't have anybody. This is your time to online date. Get to know a woman because if you can emotionally connect with a woman, FaceTime, texting, calls, whatever, 
imagine how amazing when you get to meet each other and that that might burst you know when you first meet each other and that attraction you've just been waiting so long the anticipation of it you know this is the time and you might laugh at me but this is the time to hit women up in the dms and get it right and get it good you know like <laughs> don't be don't be hitting her up and be like hey ma hey girl you know like actually find something in her profile relatable and have a true conversation with this girl this is the time for the single men for the men that are dating a woman and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to be separated. And I'm like, what am I going to do? This is a time where you can show up with your emotional control, social status, right? Your status in yourself, the wealth in yourself is this is the primal time where you can prove to the woman that you are okay with your own oneness, right? That you're not like, oh, what are you doing? And the good thing I always say to men right now, it's not like this woman can go and find another guy. She's going through the same thing that you are. Women want sex as well. You know, it's not just you that wants it. I'm sure she does. So get creative, you know, get creative with each other. There's a lot of things that you can do with each other. And I have a lot of videos about that as well. And I have a sex expert that actually goes on my channel. Lastly, um, relationships. Here's the thing. Biggest thing in relationships is what I'm hearing a lot of. You have a, somebody that works nine to five and now they're in your circle, right? They're in your space sometimes. You've got to separate. I say always separate from a time. If you have two different rooms, the both of you have to go in those two different rooms. Come together for dinner and then do an activity at night. Actually have a schedule. There's a lot of women that are homeschooling their kids now too. So also schedule these things out. The parents don't, I wouldn't suggest parents doing it together unless they have to, where they come in and chime in and they have a schedule where they're still disconnected at some point, they're still in the same houses, but they have a schedule of when they come together. So they're not always living, breathing on each other's throats. And this is a really good time for you to get even more connected because how many relationships are out there that are disconnected and that are really bringing it together? Yes. Oh, great advice. Thank you, Apollonia. <laughs> Apollonia, I love this conversation. We're going to have to do a part two. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Part two is going to come. Oh, I'm so uh, excited. Yeah. And, and so how can we find you online? Um, just my name, Apollonia Ponte. Just Google it. Everything will come up. Uh, my website is ApolloniaPonte.com. My YouTube channel is Apollonia Ponte. And if you don't like to watch videos, I transcribe my videos on my podcast called The Female Algorithm. Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. So Apollonia, I end every interview with this last question. The question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? That life is about being responsible with trusting the unknown. Life is a human experience, and there's something more beyond the human experience that we have to be okay with and trust and always be connected with your source and whoever that is and whoever you believe. And the unknown, once you get comfortable with the unknown, I think life starts to work with for you.